You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are having a really, really good day. It seems like it's been forever since I've actually um, recorded an episode of the podcast because life has been life in and I was otherwise engaged. Um, I had, I've been traveling for the last few weeks. The funny thing is that when I think about where I was traveling, I'm like, where I was I? I know the one thing that comes to mind is uh, I went to Chicago because we celebrated my grandbaby's shower, um, celebrated her arrival. It was just such a beautiful occasion. It was filled with such joy and love and support and anticipation. And I was like, you know what? This is the way you bring a baby into the world. I think that if we had a welcome wagon, a lot of us had a welcome wagon like that, we probably wouldn't have as much trauma as we do. So that just really filled my heart with so much joy, you know, just just to see how many people support and love my kids and my granddaughter. One of the, aside from the many, 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 many gifts, one of the things that they asked for was in lieu of cards that people gave books, whether those books were well-loved, new, didn't really matter. My grandbaby got a library that is more expansive than mine, okay? So I can tell y'all she is going to be smart, just like her grandma, okay? And the other beautiful thing is we did the, I think it was a 3D ultrasound where you can actually see, see the baby. It it felt so invasive to me, like somebody just looking at you new, but whatever, it's modern day technology, um, but we actually saw her, saw her making pouts, saw her sticking her tongue out, saw her actually smiling. And <laughs> I was like, this is, this is so funny. Um, so when I tell people like, yeah, I'm going to spend time with my granddaughter and my daughter, they're like, she's not born yet. I, it doesn't matter. She's very much here. So there's that. So very, very anticipatory about her arrival and looking forward to that. And, you know, just just thinking about that, it just changes my whole perspective on things about, like, what's important. Some of the stuff that, you know, people just be talking about or thinking that's important, it's really not important to me. So anyway, there's that. Let's see, what else? A lot of other things have been changing. And one of the things, I tell y'all a lot about creatively disrupting my own life, where I will start moving in a different direction. It just it just feels like something that I need to do. And I'm moving in a sense of uncertainty. I have no idea how things are going to pan out. I'm asking, seeking, knocking, planting seeds, making pitches, proposals, all of those things just to see how it lands. And I have no idea how it lands. I just know that it will land in some beautiful form or fashion. And it can be, it feels like, it feels like crazy making. Like sometimes you can be in crazy town when you're in that kind of transition. 
And it's really not for the faint. Is it the faint at heart? The faint of heart? Y'all know what I mean. It's really not for those kinds of people. So if you're the person who craves like security and stability, my life would drive you absolutely nuts. So I'm saying all that to say, though, that I've been having some really, really good conversations. And what has come out of these conversations it has let me know that I'm on the right track, meaning I've been consulting with other coaching organizations. They do the same thing that I do. They provide business coaching and mindset coaching and that. But what's been happening in a, quite a few of these organizations is that there are problems or issues that are arising that are beyond the scope of their coaches' capacity. They're beyond the scope of their wheelhouse, if you will. And they're like, we're not exactly sure what to do here. And so me, you know me, I'm like, oh yeah, because it's trauma. And so that reaffirmed my commitment to to the path of going deeper into trauma studies. And actually I'm going to start my program August 14th because when people can't, when people take action on the business strategy and they're working the mindset, or so you think, and they're coming up against these issues. The coaches are like, uh-oh, like, what do we do now? Because what happens, guys, is you as a person, as an individual, me as a person, as an individual, we are layered and we are complex. And there's just no linear path that says, okay, you do this, and this is just going to be a straight path to that. And oftentimes when we go, like, say, for example, coaching certification, Coaching certification or just just coaching theory, period, says everybody is already whole. People have their own answers. And you just simply need to be a good facilitator and ask the right questions so that people can come to their own answers. And so you don't have to be the expert on people. Well, that sounds good in theory. That sounds good in theory. That doesn't actually happen in, in experience. People may have their own answers, but when you are disconnected from yourself, when you have a wounded inner child who has arrested development and who's you are in an emotional age of five or six in certain, certain places, would you expect that a five or six-year-old knew how to do the same thing as a 40 or 50-year-old? You would not. And so having a deeper level of understanding becomes really, really important because the coach's prescriptions are not getting the job done. So I'm saying all that to say, I'm seeing that the thing that I've been led to study and I was trying to fight and resist is actually the thing that is very, very much needed. And it positions me to... um add value to other coaching organizations because this has not been the focus, right? So I've been having those conversations and they've been really, really fruitful. And one of the things that I can say as well about that is I feel so confident in my ability to help people through these things that I like, I like jump at the opportunity. I initiate the opportunity. Can I help you with this? Because when something feels like it's resonant, something feels like it's aligned with what you were meant to do. There's just like a boldness that that comes along with that. Um, and so I'm really excited about, you know, how this unfolds and what that actually looks like. So there's that. Now, that being said, 
going into what I'm talking about, talking about, you know, I got to bring you all the updates. I go through these phases anyway. I go through phases of engagement and then disengagement, meaning I have to disengage and disconnect because for, for one, I can get overwhelmed with just a lot of things outside of myself. But I also have to disengage and disconnect and separate so that I can elevate. And it sounds really cliche because you know how you hear elevation requires separation or elevation requires isolation. And you hear that. And so we hear it in a sense of like, oh, um, let me separate from my friends and from my family because I'm on a new level. I'm about to go to a new level. You know, all of the ego things that come up that almost put you in a position of superiority around other people. This, this ain't that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is separating from the version of you that you used to be, the version of you that you are holding on to that is preventing the version of you, the life that you desire. And it's a very, very challenging thing because the separation, you need to separate from everything that your ego has attached to with a certain version of you. So say, for example, if people are like, oh, Letitia, you're a mindset coach. But I say, nah, I'm so much more than that. If in your mind you think I'm a mindset coach, then that is that is how you peg me. So no matter what I do, you first first and foremost, you're going to see me through those lenses. And so we do this to people, people do this to us because the human mind needs to form conclusions. So you put people in certain boxes, like she does this, he does that, whether that is what they do professionally, how they behave. And when people start to operate differently than the way you've pegged them, it disrupts the pattern. And oftentimes it makes you uncomfortable. This is just natural human nature. It's like, huh, what's happening over there? Because people are pretty predictable, right? And so pretty predictable in how they do things and how they operate. So sometimes when you want to separate how people receive and perceive you, but also the version of you that has created that, the version of you that is now dying, evolving, so that a new version of you can actually be reborn, separation is absolutely necessary. Because aside from the people, you have identity rooted in something. You know what I mean? You have identity, your identity that's rooting in, rooted in something. And so when you want to grow, evolve, change, rebuild, rebrand, you need to separate. You need to be able to separate so you can sift out what is no longer in service to my purpose. And I'm not speaking about the cliche things like let go of what's no longer serving you. What is no longer in service to your purpose that you are continually doing or, you know, just just because it's what you've always done. Separation can give you the clarity to figure those things out. And it creates the discomfort of saying, here I grow again. Like I have outgrown this again already. But it's very, very necessary. Now, just to get more specific with that, yeah, I might have been a business coach or mindset coach for lawyers. Lawyers were not the only people that I worked with, but they were predominantly the people that I worked with. 
Is that the only thing that I can do? Is that what I'm pegged at doing, pegged for doing for the rest of my life? Absolutely not. But if that's the way that people see me and identify me, then it is incumbent upon me to change that. It is incumbent upon me to say, okay, what part of this is resonant or what part of this needs to go? And what do I need to do to recreate and to reinvent the person that I actually am? Not like making something up, but actually emerging as that person. And in many instances, it takes um, separation. So I have been pretty much absent on social media, not just in posting, but also in engaging on social media. People may send me something and I might log in, let's say once or twice a week, and that's that's how I'll see it because I had to be very protective over my my energy, my and, and because so that I would not become overwhelmed, right? So do you know how much peace I have without social media apps on my phone? without my own postings and being concerned or even considering likes, engagements, followers, DMs. Do you know how much peace I have that way? And do you know that it has not affected or impacted my business in one way? Because my business is built on relationships. And so I spend a lot of time nurturing relationships outside of social media that you don't see, right? So But that is one of the things that I really, really needed to separate from. I separated just from a lot of conversations, not bad conversations, just, you know, check-ins and and things like that, because it was really necessary for me to be laser-focused on the path ahead, especially since I didn't know what that looked like. Now, here's the thing. Whenever you are separating and isolating, I used I, I didn't used to be this way because I didn't understand. I didn't have the words. Whenever you are doing that, whenever you are on a focused growth path, you can still be communicative or you can still consider other people. Because what happens is when other people are on their growth path and they need to separate from you, and it's not because of anything that you've done, but it's because of what it is that they have going on themselves. If they're not communicating, you feel hurt. You feel hurt. You feel slighted. You feel like it's about you and it's not. And it's really about them and what they need to do to grow, to evolve, to become whatever version of themselves that they are becoming. Everybody has their own growth path, but It's a two-way street, right? So when people would reach out to me, hey, how are you? I'm good. You know, I'm I'm, I'm doing well. And those relationships merit that kind of communication because there have been at times past where I'm sure that I've re-triggered or triggered people's abandonment issues because I was just really absent and so self-absorbed and focused on what it is that I was doing. So if you are in a growth place, if you are needing to isolate and to separate because you need to elevate into just the version of yourself that you know that you become. It doesn't mean that you just become a total asshole to other people. It's just like, I'm on a new level. I'm growing. You know, like, no, that doesn't mean that. You know, just part of nurturing those relationships too is that you can have honest and transparent communication with people to say, I just don't have the same capacity or, you know, the just where, with the things that I'm working on, I don't have as much time to talk or to communicate. I love you, whatever, whatever that looks like, right? And I would just take off and be gone. Like, it's whatever. But no, we don't, we don't, we don't want it. We can show up better than that. So anyway, going back to what I was saying about um, about 
separating from the version of yourself. Yes, you need to separate from who people think you are so that you can fully express who you really are, this this version of you that you really are right now, right? So you can get acclimated to that and, and, and fully just get acclimated and comfortable with what that is. But also, you need to separate because you might not even know who that is or what that looks like because what we typically do and have done historically over time is we live by stories and we live by narratives and we live by things that made a lot of sense when when they were formed, but they don't necessarily make sense in our lives today. So let's just say, for example, if you have a money story where there is historically in your family, there was never enough and everybody was always struggling or or people worked really hard and didn't have a lot to show for it. And maybe that was your experience. Well, now you're doing great. You're financially stable. You have consistent income. There's no practical reason to be concerned, but you can still live by a story that there's not enough and you live in this just little this this little bitty box of a life that looks nothing like the life that you desire because you still have this deeply ingrained fear that you're going to run out or that there won't be enough or somehow you will revisit the place where you were. And I know that to be the case because there was a time that even when I started making more money, there was still this lingering fear that, uh-oh, something is going to come and I'm going to lose it. And it it my actions were guided or maybe my inaction was guided by that. And so I was just overly cautious, but it was really because I was afraid of loss. Well, you know, when you're afraid of loss, you also limit what you're able to gain when you don't take action or when you don't make decisions or even when you don't take risks. I'm not telling you to be frivolous, but when you don't take just calculated risks, you know, things that will put you in a position, a better position and allow you to make progress, you, by default, you fulfill in many instances the thing that you've been afraid of. So there are narratives and stories that we've lived by. They may have been true. They may have just really been the way that we survive but they don't make sense right now. And to separate from those stories and from that version of you that you held on to so deeply, in many instances, it's the battle because it's been your cocoon. It's been your, it's been your safety net. Let me give you an, another, I'm going to give you a, another example, right? People see me as someone who is really strong, and I am, who is independent. And I am, and who gets things done, and I do, right? All of those things are true. However, those aren't the things that, in many instances, that I do. Those are also learned behaviors and learned ways of being because my mom was very strong. And my mom, even though she didn't always verbally say it, that's how she positioned me and she made me to be very strong. My mom is was very self-reliant. And that is the way that that I developed as well, okay? But here's the thing. I am not a strong, independent woman. My, My identity is not rooted in that. I know and desire interdependence. I know and desire 
collaboration and partnership with other people because extreme self-reliance and extreme independence is a trauma response. I know we promote it. I know it's just like, have your own. I know y'all be throwing stuff out there like, God bless the child that has his own because the thing that we want to do the most is prevent ourselves from being vulnerable and prevent ourselves from having to need other people That is not the way God designed that. God designed us to be interconnected and to be interdependent. And also, I'm known as being a loner. Now, listen, I'm a card-carrying introvert. I crave and need solitude, peace, quietude, like all of those things. However, I also like and desire connection. I'm not antisocial. I'm selectively social. Let's be clear, right? So what I'm saying is, Some of those things, it's just like people are like, oh, you don't care if you're invited or not. Yeah, probably not. However, I realized that, you know what? There is this perception and I fed into it because it served a belief that I had that I don't really desire connection or I really don't want people around me. And that is not true. I desire space. I need space to thrive, but I also desire connection. And so even the Bible says, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. So what I realized in separating is that I have to create connection. I have to be intentional about creating the connection that I desire because people don't just automatically get the memo. And you know what? It might seem strange for people for a while. Like, oh, you want to come here or you want to do that? Like, what's going on with you? I get that. And I understand because you're not accustomed to that version of me. It's, It's really okay. Do y'all understand where I'm going with this? And it takes vulnerability to say, yeah, this this was a version of me. And and that's just really not who I desire to be and how I desire to show up, right? That, That takes vulnerability, that takes honesty, and that takes transparency. And it takes a willingness to not be overly concerned about people's reaction and what people think because they they will react to you differently. And Whatever you desire to do to be, however it is that you desire to present yourself, you oftentimes just, all I'm saying is you need to separate from people and also from yourself, separate the narratives, the stories that you've been living by that just are not true, right? Um, Those stories, those narratives, let's see, what are the other ones? that come up. Nothing comes to mind. (laughs) So you have to figure out what your own stories are because those stories and those narratives, they become prisons of sort. And we spend so much of our time trying to avoid and prevent pain. But in, in trying to avoid and prevent pain, you also many times lock out love or lock out joy or lock out connection or lock out abundance You know what I mean? So while your efforts, they make sense from a survival standpoint, there is a place that you can get in life that's beyond scarcity and survival. And I'm not just talking about money. Beyond the scarcity of love or connection or relationships or resources, like there is a place in life that's just beyond making it and that's just beyond survival. And so many of us still live locked in this mode of survival You know how people say, oh, I want to survive and I want to thrive and not just survive. 
We have a lot of these sayings, but to really thrive and not survive means that uh, you're going to have to let go of some of those stories and those protective, you know, those things that have become that were your defense because who, who, who do you need to defend yourself from? Like the same threats or potential potential or perceived threats that made you the way that you are, you can consciously choose different circumstances right now. And so you can let down some of your armor, right? And so that's the thing that I that that made me think about that because I can remember. Years ago, I remember um, men would tell me things like, I'm really interested in getting to know you, but you have this wall up. And I'm just looking like, I don't don't know what you want me to do. Like, I don't don't understand how to let a wall down. And like stuff that just sounds ridiculous. I don't know how to let a wall down because I don't know how the wall got up there, right? But over time, you realize, like, hold on, I built a whole prison in my, uh, I built a whole fortress and a prison for myself, and I'm walled in here. Of course, it's different now, but what I'm saying is, a lot of us still have some of these same things going on, and spending time away from the people who are familiar with you, from you, who is familiar with this version of yourself, so that you can let go of what your ego is holding on to. One of the things that I realized about our egos, guys, is that it's protective and it serves a purpose. But your ego does not desire the things for you that you probably desire for yourself because that means you veering away from a path that your subconscious mind is familiar with. And so every time you veer away from that, your ego is going to kick in and fight you. When I tell y'all, my mind over the past month has been fighting me tooth and nail. Like my mind has been fighting me. And the only thing that has kept me from succumbing to my powerful thoughts, you can be powerfully wrong. Your ego can create a strong argument, right? And you can be absolutely wrong because it's trying to protect you from the thing that, that you want or any any kind of change. Anyway, my mind has been fighting me so much. Prayer and the work that I've done over the years has been the only thing that has kept me from succumbing to the narratives and the thoughts and all of these things that have been coming up because I've been making so many different changes. And it kind of, what's the word I want to say? Not only do I disrupt my life, I disrupt my inner equilibrium and what feels safe. And so my mind was just going on and on and on and telling me things that just absolutely were not true. Now, I'm a pretty persuasive person. And so my mind can can persuade me. It it tried to, right? I know this might sound crazy, but (laughs) your biggest battle is always between you and you. And so when you separate yourself, when you separate yourself from people, when you separate and you can get by yourself and you can really start to dive deep into the things that really live in your heart, the things that are true, and the things that you just perceive to be true, but just know that, but but no longer work for where you are right now, that is how you really make progress. I remember talking to my guy, God, about something. 
uh, about one of my friends that I was really concerned about. And he said, you can't save her from herself. And I was just like, what? That don't really make sense to me. I'm not trying to save her. I just want to help her. But now I understand what that means. There's the dark night of the soul that everybody goes through. I go through them quite, quite frequently just because of the, the way my life is set up. Don't ask me. Ask God that. But there's a dark night of the soul that everybody goes through to become, you know, the cocoon, the um, not the cocoon, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly, right? Everybody goes through that. Everybody has the same opportunity to go through that, to elevate and become just the different versions of themselves. And I'm not talking about this fictitious person that you created for validation, but I'm talking about at your core, the person that you know that you you were meant to be and you are meant to be you know, in this time. Anyway, I just wanted to plant those seeds because if you're feeling the need to pull back, to separate, to be silent, to separate from yourself, to separate from other people, it just may be because that is the separation that precedes the elevation and the next version of who you are. We're all either growing or dying. And some of us are fully alive physically, but we've already died because we don't undergo this process. Anyway, I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day.